What's up, friends? You're listening to The Secret Chord Podcast, the show about finding the harmony between faith, music, and business. I'm your host, Nick Morrow. Welcome to Episode 10. ask you a question. Do you know what you're not good at? Maybe that's kind of a bummer way to start the show today and a bit of a savage question to ask a bunch of musicians, but I found that growing in this sort of self-awareness, including both our greatest strengths and our greatest weaknesses, usually leads to more fulfillment in our creative life or life in general. A couple of years ago, I read a life-changing book by Parker Palmer called Let Your Life Speak. The book had been recommended to me many times, and I went on a retreat one time, and I found the book lying on my desk. I don't know why exactly. The book is about how to find our vocation in life. Not necessarily our job or the way that we make money, but our deepest God-given purposes in life, our vocation. And an important part of that discovery, Palmer says, is recognizing our weaknesses, our limitations, our liabilities in life, not just our strengths or the good things. Here's a quote from the book. Each time a door closes, the rest of the world opens up. There is as much guidance in what does not and cannot happen in my life as there is in what can and does, maybe more. In other words, it's important to pay attention to what we're not good at. No doubt, we all like to feel good about ourselves and like stroke our ego, feel good about our gifts. And those things can speak to us about our calling and vocation, but just as much if we'll pay attention to the areas of deficit in our life, the things that we're not good at, those things actually speak volumes about our true calling and purposes too. My guest today is someone who's found that vocation And he did it in part by discerning not just his strengths, but also his weaknesses. It's a trait of humility that I sincerely look up to. Tony Wood is a bit of a songwriting legend in the Christian and worship world. The amount of artists who have recorded Tony's songs is literally like a page long, I'm not even kidding. It includes folks like Michael W. Smith, Reba McIntyre, Matt Redman, Stephen Curtis Chapman. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. Tony's had 33, that's two threes, number one songs. He's won so many awards, he probably keeps the awards in his freezer, in his garage or something. He's been a working, successful songwriter for decades in the Christian music industry. But the funny thing is, you might not have ever even heard Tony's name before now, unless you're in the industry. And to a certain degree, Tony kind of likes it that way. He talks about all this in today's interview, which is no doubt one of my favorite conversations I've ever gotten to have. Tony takes us all the way back to the beginning and tells his story uh, from the time he was a teenager. And there's just so many good life lessons in it. I've been blessed to listen to this conversation multiple times. I think you'll be blessed by it too. Here it is, my interview with Tony Wood. Tony Wood, welcome to the show. Thanks, Nick. Glad to be here with you tonight. Hey, so Tony, um, 
here's the deal at the most shows do their lightning round at the end of the show okay. i do it at the beginning all right so I'm going to throw lightning round questions at you. Just whatever comes to you. Don't really get too, don't. So, suddenly got real nervous here. Okay. <laughs> don't be too nervous. All right. Um, on a scale of one to <clears throat> 10, if one was the worst day of your life, 10 is the best day of your life. Mm-hmm. How are you doing today? Golly. Um, you know what? I, today's 8.5 to nine. I did my, I did the, my favorite thing on the planet is, um, I got up and I, I wrote with a, a, a new artist who's probably going to be getting a deal and, I, and, and not just an artist, but a guy that I, I've, I have loved writing with, just connected with. Also in the room is a track guy, producer, buddy who I've known from a long time. So that just feels like hanging out, fun, uh, came back home and, and having dinner with my wife and two of my kids, two of my four kids dropped by to pick up stuff. And so got to catch up with them. So really writing songs and my family kind of in both the same day, this is, you know, a couple ticks short of Christmas right there. Wow. It's a good day. That's amazing. That may be the highest we've had so far <laughs> in 10 or 12 interviews. But, but I, 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 but I love what I do on an average day too, of, yeah. of walking in a room with, with people to write. So that's yeah. kind of, yeah, that's, forget to do that. That's one and a half away from the best day of your life. I, Don't second guess yourself. That's great. I'm you're, messing, you're, you're messing with me. I went. I went it's with. A, it's been a really good day. It's, no, two, it's two of my favorite things: songwriting and my family that's in the amazing. same in the same day. All right, so Tony, if you were on a desert island, yep, and you get to take the uh, the music of three to five songwriters with you, and only them, who are you taking? Oh. Wow, 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 wow. Um, okay, anybody who knows me knows that I'm going to lead with Bruce Springsteen. Cause, um, and and that you said what? Take take their catalog or something? You get their whole catalog. Said it? Yep. Um, c- yeah, boy, that's a lot of music right there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with going to go with Springsteen. I'm going to go with Don Henley because because mm-hmm. that way I'll get Solo and the Eagles yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, um, I'm gonna, f- uh, um, I'm gonna go with Frank Sinatra so that I get some Christmas music in the mix right there. Yeah. Great American Songbook stuff. Um, I'll be honest. I think my Desert Island disc of everything <laughs> is Journey's Greatest Hits. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I love that record. That's just that's just good old '80s pop at its yeah. absolute best. Uh, that's for. Um, tough man i'm just run, i'm just running category running categories I, I i pick some christian artists that i was or a country or you know what like a songwriter like tom douglas somebody okay country country writer like that just coll- his collected songs big fan of, yeah so. because some of the people like you who who write behind the scenes they've got like a trillion songs in their catalog versus artists that yeah yeah and tom's done that in this town tom's written with mostly country artists but some pop artists some christian artists along the way and just song by song has built a just a great catalog of well i wish i'd written that one kind of song yes yeah tom douglas he says his name yeah Yeah. okay people can go look him up is he still living he is signed signed to sony here in town and cranking out good stuff still amazing all right um so tony you 
have a long, really a pretty long history now writing songs in Nashville. <laughs> You're a very, um, by most any standard, a very successful songwriter. You have 13 trillion awards that you've been nominated or won or whatever for. Um, but you you have a bio on, on your website, which I read is so lovely. In fact, mm -hmm. my wife actually read it. It's been a few months back or so. Whenever I first reached out, she read it. She said, you have to read this. So many things mm. similar to your story. And I, I may have shed a tear when <clears throat> reading your story. But you have this very long story that's beautiful on your uh, website. I would love for you just to share, take us back sort of to the beginning of your journey before yeah. you know you're in nashville or whatever because it wasn't just like you arrive on the scene and you have 15 hits it's not yeah. how it worked yeah are we out of the lightning round we're out of the lightning round because this is not a lightning round kind no, of question this is the meat right there um you know it's it's funny if you say that you connect with with my story then i'm gonna i'm gonna imagine that you have been a creative for a long time but you have along the way uh, at least in the early parts of your life failed to really connect relationally with other people that were wired like you are you are mm -hmm. always kind of a square block in a in a, in a world of round holes and just never found that quite the uh, the other people that were passionate about the things that you were passionate about. Uh, songwriter, um, oh, Paula Carpenter, year, years ago, she, she said, I, I've, I've kind of always been searching for my people. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I realized that's such a part of my story. I was raised in a small tobacco farming town in, in central, South Central Virginia. Um, one stoplight church was kind of the, the the center small baptist church in town there the center of life for everything um into high school the two influences on, on, on my life were, were church and pop music on the radio in the, in the 70s and um was it what youth choir at our church was a big thing because if you wanted any hope of going to six flags in, in the summer, you kind of had to be a part of the, the choir tour that took you there. And so always was. And um, that was that was a big part of hanging out with my with my friends just just at church, um, started hearing songs on the radio. And, you know, I mean, every I think every kid is born with this creative bent in them. I, I, unfortunately, I think a lot of people along the way get it beaten out of them by life and discouragement and or either being told that they're not but it, it, that they're not creative but it shows up in a lot of different ways i don't mean that they're necessarily in, in in the arts my my wife's an amazingly creative person but it shows in flowers and it shows mm -hmm. in um cooking and household and just you know um really value having having that create creativity um uh, I started writing songs just, you know, like, like some kids in high school and, and did what every guy who sits down to a piano or guitar does, writes 10 or 12 crappy love songs real fast and then gets them <laughs> out of the system. And I just, I really started, you know, going, okay, what am I going to write? And, and started turning to the inner stuff, the stuff that I was learning through youth group mm. um, in Sunday school classes, writing about my friends, what they're going through, the things that God's teaching me in his word. Um, 
a question for you here was did, yeah did you see anyone else doing this in your town mm -mm. or just like kind of intrinsically you started doing this no yeah i mean nobody else doing it there were people a couple of friends that had taken piano lessons along the way as a kid and so probably long about the ninth or tenth grade i started i took i took two years of piano lessons in high school um and but was always pestering the people that did hey teach me how to play this and you know it was yeah. going get buying sheet music to whatever pop song was was on at the time and then learning i don't know not to play it well but to play it okay sure yeah and then and then and started writing along that way time and um really grateful um you know a youth pastor and, and inquired leaders and others who would listen to the songs and knew a little bit of music well i mean not a little bit but but knew something about music if, if not about songwriting and would say well hey consider this think about this um grateful for a church that kind of started giving me opportunities to do something with with songs in in, in high school and as i got it got into college um chance to do songs like part of the sunday night worship service i just call that you know the not not ready for prime time songs but at least <laughs> hey hey here's a here's a chance with it and and as those opportunities came along um nick it was real clear to me i do not wish to sing these songs for anybody so I, you're they're doing original songs of yours in, I, I, in church at that point on, on a sunday night sure just yeah. just kind of like as the church special i mean they had the yeah. hymns yeah. worship songs choir songs that they were doing but every once in a while it was like somebody doing you know <clears throat> a solo or something like that yeah. so i was so i would draft my friends since since some of my friends were in youth choir and and just just the people that i was hanging around with and i would just you know have them over to the house i'd teach them how to sing this song that i had written and then in church i'd play piano for them to sing my song yeah. along the way and and um man that was winning to me mm. i mean the song the song got exposure I didn't have to stand up in front of anybody and sing. And there's the satisfaction of doing that from an early age, just really scratch something in yeah. me. It was like, hmm, I get to be creative, but I don't have to be the person on stage. Wow. And you liked that's, that. That's oh, oh buddy. That's <laughs> winning right there. That's still winning in my book. If I could, if I wrote a song today that, that gets on radio or an artist loves enough and starts singing in concert and, and I'm I'm at home eating dinner with my wife, and they're out there on the road. Oh, I'm winning. That's that's fine with me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you liked that from early on. You kind of yeah. knew you were the the yeah. The... I, I I don't have a performing bone in, mm. in, in in my body. That's just not not a part of who I am. Right. Yeah. So you're in college. They're starting to sing some things in church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kept writing through college. Um, I had taken a, a staff position as a worship leader at a, at a, at a church during that. Uh, started writing, I, I continuing to write, wrote a, like a Christmas, an original Christmas musical, taught it to my choir. They did that. Uh, college for me was also, I mean, several significant things happened during that, you know, writing from, A, writing for my local church and continuing to um pursue opportunities that were there, which, which I, 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 I so passionate, I see it lived out me stumbling along in my story, but absolutely believe that that bloom where you're planted, wh whatever platform God gives you, wh however small it is, whatever that's about, 
take full advantage of that. If, mm -hmm. if, if, if what is before you is writing for, for, you know, eight kids in a class, man, do that with all of the passion and integrity that you've got. Cause, cause I'm, I, I just don't know that I've ever really seen anybody enter in on the big stage. It's like, yeah. it's like, I think God just wants to see faithfulness at every step along the way. And then he elevates a platform or expands ministry in some mm -hmm. ways like that. So good. Um, that was a part of that was a part of college. Um, con continuing to write a, a lot, looking for co-writers, um, and not finding them. Going back to like a conversation about Paula saying, you know, looking for your people yeah. along the way. I would, you know, be the guy stumbling down the hallway at college, and there's a, there's a guy four doors down with a guitar when he's playing a with his door open playing guitar playing a jimmy buffett song you know i go and go hey i'm tony da, da, da. you play guitar a lot yeah he's like hey, um hey um you ever write songs that you like to write songs and they were all like hey why don't you just head on back out right about now <laughs> why don't you, no i don't want to write songs i just want and, to get uh, girls <laughs> yeah and 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 so there was there was there was just nobody to write songs with yeah. um also to boy this this would have been the early 80s and there was like songwriter magazine came out at that point and there was a there was like a newsletter or something you could subscribe to and they listed publishers in nashville that were that you could mail a song into i mean that wow. tells that tells you how long ago this was and so i would you know put that cassette, that type lyric sheet, that self-addressed stamped envelope or, or, and send it in. And I got, I got letters back. I actually, they wrote um, back. They actually wrote back and that doesn't happen anymore. Oh my gosh. That that's that. I don't think that was a large window anyway to everything because, because yeah, yeah. once I got to town in the late, in, in the later eighties, I saw what some of those boxes of submissions were like. And yeah. it was just like, it's just, it's just impossible for somebody to stay on top of all of that. But, yeah. but I got letters back and, and several of them said, uh, your, your music is really not good. And your, mm. and, and your words are just a, just a hair better if, if you know if if the music sucks the lyrics suck less was wow. was pretty was pretty about all of the in, in, in encouragement and, and, and did, i i realized something was really true in that how did that feel though you, you get that letter and do you remember how like how you took it yeah oh gosh um when I when I got the second one back in the mail that that said the same thing, mm. music not special, lyrics just, just I mean they weren't warm and they weren't really encouraging, but right. but I read in between the lines that there was more affirmation on the lyric side than on the music side, mm. and I really said, well, you know what? That's that's true to who I am. Mm. I am passionate about the message, about what the message is, what is the truth that we are trying to communicate, and how we are saying it. And I'm, I've always, I mean, I'm, you know, like I said, I took two years of piano in high school, and 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 one more in college. So I'm functional at best at that. Sure. Um, and and so I kind of a couple of things, uh, Nick, with with that really, I thought, well maybe I should just go with my strength 
um, even though it's a weak strength, it, sure. it is it is bad. So I I kind of made the decision to stop writing complete songs and just focus in on lyric writing at mm. that point. So thinking, well, maybe there'll be a time out there where I can connect with another songwriter um, who who will have who will have gotten the same but opposite letter that I got. Perhaps what if their letter said, boy, your lyrics really stunk, but your music was just a little bit better. Yeah, Do I believe in the sovereignty of God in his time and, and um, timetable that he can connect us? Mm-hmm. And um, I got to tell you, the last 30 years of my life have been uh, seeing him make good on that wager that I made mm. at, at that point, believing, yes, he can indeed bring us together. Yeah. Not in my timetable, because I wanted it to happen the next month. Sure. And, and he and he was going, no, but what if some of them are eight years down the road? What if some of them are 20 years down the road? Yeah. And, um, and yeah, and, and learning to trust that. So I, so I really stopped writing, just, just really went to writing lyrics only started um you know having lots of pieces of typed paper in folders that i was collecting finishing college went to went to seminary to kind of preparing for student ministry because it had been such a important part of my life um really liked that uh still at this point never met a songwriter, never, you know, consuming vast amounts of, of music myself and being a credit reader. And gosh, at, the, at that point too, I, I, I owned one book on songwriting and devoured it. Um, yeah. There just, there weren't podcasts, there weren't conferences, there, yeah. there, there just weren't, there weren't, Songwriter Magazine went away after about three or four years. Um, there wasn't an internet and, 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 and all of that, but, but still doing it and it wasn't going away. Yeah. And so then, you know, into finishing college and into seminary and still, (laughs) I'll I'll just tell you, I, I was never a, you know, school was always, it's what you had to do to get the degree. And so I would, I would get, I would get that syllabus first week of September and I would kill myself for the first six weeks and get every report, every paper, every thing done just so that from October, November, first half of December until exams came around, I kind of could go to lectures and then just go to the writer's room and just write. Yeah. Um, that's not a way to get good grades. <laughs> right. Don't, students. Listen, yeah. Don't yeah. Yeah. Your parents cover your kids, kids ear. That's not, that's not a wise academic strategy, but, um, but it did allow me time to con- continue writing again. And I realized, I'll be honest, I realized, uh, this is obsessive, perhaps unhealthy behavior sure. that, I'm dem- yeah. that I'm demonstrating here. But it also made me think. But it's but it's what I want to do. It's it's yeah. it's what I'm waking up thinking about in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 the frustration of not having anybody else to really talk to about it. Still not meeting anybody. Yeah, and wondering. Uh, so at this point, are you as a college student, seminary student, are you wondering? Am I the only person like this? Did it feel that way? Or or were you like, I'm pretty sure by now I know there's others out there? 
Well, I'm buying, I'm buying records and I'm reading articles on these people who I went to this college and then I kept playing in this band and I got this record deal. So I'm reading about these other creative people, other creative people that are, that are obsessive about songwriting, but I'm not, I'm not meeting any of them. Yeah. Yeah. Even at that, even at that point. Yeah. So fast forward, you, you eventually make a kind of a wild move. Yeah, we did. When I finished up, I, I married halfway through seminary. And um, as we headed toward graduation, um, it's so funny, man, the timing of this. I, I, I a, a buddy from seminary that I probably not talked to in about uh, eight or nine years reached out about, about 10 days ago, first, first of the year. And just uh, we, he had lost my number somewhere along, along the way. And we, we spent about an hour and a half catching up. And and he was talking about that. I remember getting ready to leave seminary and everybody was like, well, where are you going? Well, you know, I, I'm, go- I'm going to take a pastorate in Atlanta. I'm going to, I'm going to be a worship leader in Pennsylvania. I'm going to be a, a student, uh, a, a student pastor in Kentucky. What are you doing? What are you going to do? And I would always kind of go, um, um, mm, I, I think I'm going to move to Nashville and try to write songs. And that wasn't on the radar for anybody and yeah. nobody had a box to put that in. Yeah. And it was just like, wow, that's a really odd thing. Like, yeah, do. sure you are. Tony. Yeah. And, and, and so the, so the buddy that, <laughs> that called me a couple weeks back, he goes, I remember you saying that to me. And I was like, we never talked about that at all. And he goes, it just seemed like this really left field kind of tangent for you. And cause yeah, yeah because that, by that time I had really kind of, I don't know, I just didn't talk about it to many people, but still were, you know, scratching down ideas on, on notepads, yeah. um, filing them away. And I remember as it got closer to graduation and it was like, okay, this kind of becomes the window. If I'm going to do something with it, this is the window for me. If I'm ever going to go to Nashville, um, this becomes that window. Um, I remember laying awake at night, almost feeling claustrophobic. Like I can't, I can't breathe thinking about it. You know, 20, 25 at the time and thinking if I hit 50, and I've got a box of things that I've written under my bed and never shown to anybody. Mm. I, I, I'm going to have a really hard time with myself at that point. I, th- yeah, I wow. think I knew I could take being told no thank you, but I don't know that I can live with not knowing that. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's good. I, could, I could articulate that at that point and almost felt it in a claustrophobic kind of, I can't breathe if I don't know. Wow. I've yeah. got I've got to find out. And and I can't I can't tell my story and not uh say words of, of blessing for my wife who mm-hmm. though we're both born in 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 small towns who's all of our family is still in those towns. Mm-hmm. Um believing that it was God's leading for me for us. Um she was agree- in agreed to move to Nashville where we knew nobody. And so, yeah, we, we know that Saturday afternoon in, in September when two friends drove out with us, unpacked all the, the furniture into a small apartment near the airport and drove away. And we looked at one another like, well, it'd be nice to call somebody and go get coffee, but we don't know anybody. Here. Right. <laughs> so, right. So there's a loneliness to that, that yeah. has, 
that has that stayed. I mean, I'm, I'm talking to you. I can feel that again, still, uh, still in me. What that's about. But it's also yeah. it's also the adventure. Sure. It's yeah. it's also well. This is just about as crazy as as anything. So there's the yeah. adrenaline of the adventure and the painful loneliness of the reality. Yeah. Well, and so let's talk about that. So there's the there's the the high of the adventure that you get right, and you get to town, and it, but yeah. you wrote for a while yeah. while doing a ministry job. Yeah. Just trying yeah. to make connects and all that. Well, a couple of years of. Um, I couldn't even get a. We we didn't have connections to even getting a a good church job, so we just took temp jobs when when yeah. we moved here. Man, it's it's eleven o'clock at night, and I'm shoving paper in a printing press downtown, and she's working mornings at a front desk at a real estate office, and and just going, you know, God, but we, we we thought we heard you. Is this right? Because right. Right? I'm here and I still haven't really met another songwriter yes, right. along the way. But yeah. um, I did get a, I did get a, a, a church position eventually, a church in West Nashville here as a, as a student pastor and worship leader um, was there for about eight to nine years. Um, in the midst of that, um <sighs> The doors that kind of started op opening for, for me was um, ASCAP offered a writing workshop, the American Society of Composers and Publishers, Performers, one of those words. Um, and, on, and on a series of six Monday nights, they had uh, writers, publishers, artists, different people come in and kind of speak to speak to the group. And... Um, one of the writers one night said the hardest meeting to get in Nashville with a publisher is not the first meeting is not the second meeting. The hardest meeting to get is the first. No, no, no. I said that exactly wrong. The, the, the hardest meeting to get in Nashville with the publisher is not the first meeting. It's the second. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And Nick, my heart just sank it was mm. like, Oh my gosh. Cause I was already, wrestling with the fact at some point this introvert has got to kind of cowboy up and go yeah. introduce himself to somebody yeah. and go hey i'm tony and you and know pitch and pitch yourself and, right yeah yeah no, which was which was just everything that i am not i'm yeah. not that i'm not that guy and yeah. i and i knew it but i know also too uh, you know i think peter drucker said and every anytime you see somebody successful in business you know there is like a significant brave choice in the past mm. and i was like yeah you know so there are those times thinking along those lines of that tension about well i wanted I, okay okay at some point i've got to do it boy but I don't want to do it prematurely. I don't want to make a mistake yeah. that's going to really hurt me down the line. Gosh, what if there was somebody to tell me when that time was? Yeah, yeah. What if? And um, I started started thinking about along those lines. And Tom Long was the membership director at ASCAP at that point. And and um, so that was my significant wager to call Tom up and go, hey. I doubt you really know me. I was in that I was in that class that you taught for six weeks, but yeah. I was kind of one of the quiet guys that sat in the back, didn't didn't say much or make much noise. But somebody said the hardest meeting to get is not the the, the first, but the second. Tom, yeah. I think that's true. I need somebody to tell me when I'm ready. Here we go. Tom, 
will you be that man for me? Yeah. And, um, yeah. and you know, and there I am. That's the, that's the, I have just jumped off the ledge and hung my heart out there. And Tom's like, well, nobody's ever asked me about that. Uh, I tell you what, every, every three months or so come in here and bring me three of the recent lyrics that you've written and we'll take a look at them. Yeah. Wait, wait about a month or so. Um, I, I call him up, say I'm ready. I go take a meeting, walk in, um, set three lyrics on his desk, stand there while he reads them. Can you just, it's like a movie scene in my mind right now of the intensity of, of don't move, don't wiggle, don't distract, don't twitch, just stand still, right. you know, in, inside just organs pulling apart at the, at that point. Yeah. And, um, then he read them and, and he looked up and he said, I know some people you need to meet, get in the mm. car. And, and I, and I, I've, I've told the story before that, that, that I said, I said, Tom, g give me a minute. And I, and I, and I, I go to the bathroom and I cry, mm. I, I cry, I shut the door on that stall and I cry hard because it, it absolutely terrified me. Cause it was like, this is okay. This is it. This yeah. is, I am now, he, he can take me to the doors that I couldn't get in otherwise. Yeah. This is, this is, I'm going to find out that question that I have now pondered for 10 years of my life. Yeah. Is there, yeah. is there a chance, you know, and man, the drama of that was just, sure. it, it, it was, it was tough. He took me to, he took me to four publishers that day. Uh, the first three dismissed me pretty quickly. Mm. Just kind of read the stuff and go, well, I don't know that we really have, have a place for you. Um, you know, I don't know what that's about. It may, I, 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 yeah. So, so what are you thinking on the way to the fourth? <laughs> Rejection hurts every bit as bad as, as I thought that it was going yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, and um, and the fourth one was was a was a smaller company. Um, I, you know, I'd done my homework. I knew the names and something about each of the people we were going to see. I knew okay. writers on their roster. I knew what songs they had placed on the charts recently. Um, yeah. Which just, meant just, something back then because there wasn't Instagram to go do that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Internet, no, right? it, it, it's, it's, it's studying, it's studying album credits, yeah. making connections, um, uh, drawing lines between this song, this song, this record. Oh, this is the stuff in the fine print at the bottom. Yeah. Um, he took me <clears throat> to a small company called Lorenz Creative Services, and the um, and the the plugger there was a guy named Michael Perrier, who was a songwriter himself, a lyric writer. He read them, and I think because Michael was a lyric writer himself, he understood the doorway that I was trying to come through. Yeah. Some, and and he said he said, well why don't you start hanging around some and let me see if I can get some of my guys to write with you. Yeah. And, and, and Nick, it was everything to me. It mm. was a chance. It wasn't a warm welcome hug. Oh, we're going to make this happen. But it, but it was a, ch it was a chance. Yeah. Um, yeah. Boy. And um, so I, yeah. So keep going. Well, so I started, um, I, by that time I was working at church full time, we had started a family, we, so we have, uh, by that time, uh, at least two of our four daughters um, working a lot of hours a week. Wife's at home with the kids because we we kind of made that that was a priority for us too. Yeah. Um, 
by that time, only writing I was really doing was from 11 p.m. till about 1 a.m. every night, just sitting up once the house got quiet. Um, Michael started, Thursday was my day off. Michael started booking me some co-writes yeah. um, with, with, with some of the staff writers there. Um, and after, on Thursdays, and after about six months there, um, he kind of, he, 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 he called and asked me to stop by on a Friday afternoon about 4.30. And, and I walked in and he goes, hey, I'd just like to offer you a writing deal here if, if you'd be interested in it. And man, you know, let's cry again because it, it's, 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 he, he, is, uh, he is the first person who professionally believed in me. And, yeah. and, and I so appreciate <clears throat> what a good publisher does because it's, it's their reputation on the line sure. representing a song to, to an artist or to a label guy. It's them w risking the rejection along the way of saying, saying, Hey, I think this is good. Do you, it's yeah. everything that, that a, a writer feels showing a song to a publisher, a publisher deals with that every day of their life too. So for someone to be willing to take a chance on me, man, it, it was a game changer. Yeah. It just was amazing and the feeling i'm sure of having someone that you looked up to believing in you right mm -hmm. of like well, i can do this well and and lorenz was a small company at that time so this would have been i signed in 90 um and so they were you know at that was the end of the kind of inspirational music era in this town. So Greg Nelson, Dick and Mel Tunney, who were, were writers there. It was Stephen Curtis Chapman's first deal. Mm. Um, Marcus Humman, who later wrote God Bless the Broken Road. Um, and some other young writers like myself coming through through the door at, at the same time. Yeah. So, I mean, they were a company that was, was doing really well. So well that I, a year after being there, uh, BMG music bought them up and suddenly it went okay. from being a small little independent company to being thrown into this giant thing with you know just some monster writers walking around and sharing the coffee pot with yeah like, and was there pros and cons to that like you have to navigate now these different kinds of business uh, yeah. environments yeah just just the expectations and the um but some more opportunities that could, could come along, but sure. then you lo lost some of the intimacy of, of, and I'm very relational with, with creative people that, that I'm with. So I want to, I want to always stick my head in the office and what's going on. And, and I think, I think, golly, the intimacy of dreaming with somebody, of, mm. of, uh, uh, taking a chance and going, Hey, this may seem crazy, but do you think there's a chance we could get a song to this person? Yeah. I mean, the potential for somebody to hurt you at that point with, with a cutting sarcastic response. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it would be so deeply wounded to a tender heart. Um, or you say, Hey, do you think there's ever a chance that I could get a co-write with so-and-so Yeah. and then go, and, you know whether or not they're thinking no chance in the world buddy yeah, yeah. but but their face doesn't show it and them thinking well let's write a few more songs and yeah. perhaps if it was this kind of a lyric with this but 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 just what i said just the intimacy of dreaming with somebody yeah. that's to have that 
man, that's just gold. And Michael, Michael was that guy. He was, he was a great guy to dream with and to reach and to attempt some things. Yeah. So, so you're still working at the church. You're writing with Lorenz. For, 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 for like the seven, that was a seven year deal. Okay. And, and at the end of that, um, yeah, it, it took a while. Even that was slow going, you know, a couple years in to getting some st- getting well, really then to start building songs. See, I didn't walk in a catalog. I walked in lots of pieces of typed paper. So, oh, yeah. we've got to get down to getting some of these written and demoed. And yeah. will this work for so and so? Um did that after a few years, started getting some songs, started getting some songs on some records, started, you know, and slowly again, never on my timetable, but on God's um, and then getting some songs on, on the radio and on, and on some records that, that did better than. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the first time you heard one of your songs on the radio? Um, yeah. It was the first, probably the first radio single I got driving through, driving through town, just, and there it is, you know. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, gosh, and it, it, it's everything. It's it's emotional. You yeah. just you 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 dream. Can can this happen? And um, it's funny. And then, I remember like Diane Warren said in a, said in in an interview, it's like there's there's that moment when it's your, your first song and it's on the radio, and then it goes off, and you're like, well, all right. So what's next? (laughs) And she goes, you realize you've never thought before in your life. What's next? You've always dreamed and believed that this is possible. You never looked beyond this moment to think of it. And it's like, oh, suddenly life is a big old canvas right there. Yep. That was my song on and off the station. They're onto a commercial. And now what with my life? And and there's no arrival in that, yeah, you know. I mean, yeah. it's a great moment. It's it's a sure. fun moment, man. And that God would use those things and use those songs in somebody's life. It's great, but it's like, oh, okay, that now what? That was fun, but that didn't change anything <laughs> about my life. Really. Well, I was just so in a, in another week or two, I'm uh, interviewing a brand new artist, right? Someone who's just been signed, and they said, "What what do you want to talk about?" And I was like, "Well, actually, it's very interesting to me." Um, the uh um that moment because i think there's this f- kind of false narrative out there for a lot of people that like oh if you get a record deal or a publishing deal it's just it's just a gold mine from there on out Golly. but it's really that's kind of when the work begins mm-hmm. in a lot of ways not like when, yeah. it, when it's just all handed to you it's really that's when the hustle yeah. kind of even yeah. ramps up and because the market is ever changing, you never think about that along mm. the way. You come up along the types of songs that I was writing while I was in college were no, well, they they probably weren't that commercially viable at that point even, but even style-wise, the evolution of language, the, the continuing evolution of styles on radio. Are we worship now? Are we pop? Yeah. Are we testimonial? Are we poetic or are we very literal? All of that is a continuing evolution that nobody knows where it's going next. And so you're trying to, you're trying to not waste too much time, but you don't know you're taking stabs. So it just takes time. And do you find, is that picking up? Is is that changing faster these days or just the same as always in your mind? Um, well, the presence of worship in the last decade that, that that was not such a radio presence before is is significant. Yeah. But now too, I think I think different artists 
get different languages that they are allowed to use on radio. The language yeah. of Toby Mac versus Casting Crowns yeah. is a is a world apart. So it's not like, oh, you've learned how to write CCM language. No, you have to write the you have to learn to speak the language of this specific artist. Isn't that interesting, especially in what you do, particularly writing lyrics still? Because I mm-hmm. assume you're going in and you, and Melody is just someone else is doing most of that. Is that yeah. right? And M- so most of the time, you're you're literally putting words into an artist's mouth. Yeah. So you almost have to take on the persona of them in some ways. Yeah, you have to find. Well, uh, okay. It, it, Yes, let's come back to this. And this is this is a big difference of like when I moved here, there were far more Christian artists that two writers could get together in a room and write a song. And are we going to send this song out to Point of Grace? Are we going to send this song to Avalon? Are we going to send this song to Phillips, Craig and Dean? Um, and, and, and on a bunch of new artists that were coming along always at, at any point, would they consider doing this? Um, as opposed to now, there's it's you know, a piece of evolution is that you, you assume that the young artist is going to have far more active hand in writing their record. Right. Yeah. And so you're getting together with them to, to write. And they, uh, interestingly, many of these young artists have way less writing experience than you do. Yes. Yeah. And so you're, but, and yet you're writing for them. Yeah. It's gotta be such an interesting. Helping them to discover. Yeah. Who, who they are. And yeah. so sometimes, you know, this is a song on the way to the songs. Yeah, yeah, as, yeah. As, as you experiment and dream together, I don't know, maybe we try something that has a little bit more of this style of pop to it. Yeah. Maybe we go a little bit more. Uh, yeah. So you so you take some chances down down some roads that ultimately turn out to be wrong. But sure. then sometimes, but sometimes you get lucky early on and find something that's Oh, that really works for them. That's great. How much of that is it, it, it? I imagine it's easy to get caught up in at times because so so you're a songwriter who loves Jesus, who is writing with other writers all the time. But there's an element of like, yeah, but we're also trying to like work for the business partner, whether it's the label or the whoever, yeah. right? Publisher. Yeah. And like, we're also trying to write a hit here at some uh-huh. point. And so that's is that ever does that tug on you internally at times? <laughs> <laughs> well, it hadn't since we started this conversation, oh but the but the, but the last thirty years of my life has kind of been spent in that tension. I haven't, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's that constant thing about well to to tell the truth to represent who our God is. Yeah. Well, there's some aspects of telling who God is that are you just don't hear a lot of songs about the wrath of right, God. Right. There. Yeah. You, you just don't. Um, and then there's sometimes you, in the, in the sense of doing good business, you can write things that you go, well, I don't know that I really believe this. Ooh, I don't think this is good. I don't think this is, I don't think this is a healthy kind of song but we could sell it so yeah there, there's there's all those tensions of i i want i deeply want to represent the character of god well yeah. um but i also want to buy groceries <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and and every day is is somewhere in there and 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 you fall off of the you fall off of that beam 
different different ways on on, on different days. Sure. Just, and I, would I would man, this you, be accurate uh, assumption that the really extreme cases of that are fairly rare, where someone really yes. wants to push something that's just out there and not. Yeah, yeah. You know that's that's funny because even even being in rooms with people that you kind of go in knowing, I, I suspect we are kind of on some different poles on some theological elements yeah um by and large things that are made for commercial consumption radio records streaming and all of that it does not tend to be much on the on fringe theological issues yeah you know we 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 stick pretty close to to jesus and worship and and a life of 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 growing under his lordship yeah 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 not not a uh a whole lot of hits on like election theology or <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's, well it just there's a i feel yeah. like there's a lot in the last couple of years i've been able to write with a little bit more outside of my own genre or tradition even and i'm yeah. finding even in other churches there's people will will um, use certain language and yeah. certain things that i'm like oh wow that's different maybe even considered uh offensive sometimes in my yeah. own culture but if I'm looking at it from their kind of cultural point of view, it's like, oh, okay, well, this is not that out there weird. I'm just cult- culturally conditioned to my own, you know, thinking. Yes. Learning their, learning others' languages and the baggage that comes with that language because yeah. they can use a phrase meaning this. Well, I don't speak that code. And a lot of the churches that I'm a part of and that have influenced my thinking, that that just doesn't that may not connect with us yeah. so you continue to yeah generally can can steer out of those waters but it takes it takes some grace and some just some delicateness in the conversation going yeah i, I know i know this seems really meaningful to you but i i gotta you gotta understand that this is really not connecting emotionally hey it does it's not about the validity of that as an idea and that may be a great idea for another day and another writer but i i'm just i don't think that maybe i'm the writer for this idea what yeah let's chase something else yeah we have have some friends of mine i have a, a running joke that um that's an idea for another song is just our way of saying i don't really like that idea move on (laughs) that's a really great but we're on the verse of course that's a great bridge idea let's come back to that later and hopefully forget it and most people are intuitive enough to read between (laughs) the lines and 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 let it go but you do hit things every now and then where it's like wow i never i never looked at that i i took a beating years ago in a um in in a review of a song called all for the life of me um i knew what i thought i was saying but yeah. i forget but forget but there's a there's a there's a like a strand of theological thinking it's like it it was not for me that's a very me centered yeah. statement jesus died for all of us but yeah. to, i know you know in in the terms of writing this very relational lyric and and some reviewer really smacked it down man it sent me reeling it was yeah. and 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 sent me to reading some books and go you know what all right i don't wish to write that yeah again yeah hey, boy, a couple a couple of weeks ago a, a line came up in a in a song and i will i will not say a line that ascribes need to god mm. 
yeah. he does not need anything. Yeah. He does not need my worship. Boy, how gracious that he allows me that, you know, so yeah. there, there are things like that along the way. I can't, I can't think of, of, of what, 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 they, uh, what the song was or something, but somebody like tossed out that line. And, and oh, it was great. It was, it was a, a buddy that we could bat that back and it yeah. was nothing weird about it at all. But I just had to say, you know what? I, I cannot write that line. I don't I think it's say, true. I, yeah. I can't say that God needs any, anything. And he's yeah. like, Wow, I don't, I don't know that I've ever really kind of thought down that road far enough. So yeah, I think we can. We all continue to learn from one another, and the, what what we what we bring into the room with us. Every book we've ever read, and every piece of music we've ever heard, all of our influences. Yeah. I can only imagine your years of pastoral uh, experience coming really handy at times. I hope, and that I like people, and that I love creative people, and and yeah. I love I love sitting like this one-on-one two, two, two or three people in, in a room yeah that's the that's that's a good place for me I, and i love i love caring for people that way so yeah. you know to wake up tomorrow knowing oh, i'm gonna sit with two buddies in a room there's a there's a hey how are you doing let let's make sure let's make sure we're good i want to I, I haven't seen you for about three months i want to know that is life good for you you out a good place what's up okay we're all good. Let's let's write the song now. But if we need to stop and man, if somebody, you know, they're just those days where yeah. somebody needs you, you are that first window of time that they've had to really process. And, and you're the first one who's felt safe enough for them to pour, pour out what's not going well. And sometimes you cry and sometimes you pray. And yeah. 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 Hmm. So let's do um, let's do a little advice time with Tony. How about that? Okay. If for for songwriters listening, um, what would you say to someone who wants to do like what you do? Obviously, it's a, a different world now than than twenty five yeah. years ago. What would you say to that person? Like, where should they start? <sighs> Writing every moment that you have. Um, have an opportunity and you've got to be listening to the radio you've got to know what's commercially out there um, and do you intersect and with integrity can you intersect mm. with what's commercially happening today is there a place where you can serve that uh, you know there's nothing wrong with wanting to write a certain kind of christian music that's just not you know, nobody does a lot of Christian bluegrass. Nobody does a lot yeah. of, I mean, you know, name 40 different sub genres anyway. If that's your passion, if that's your call it, then then do it. But, but don't expect the industry to come to you. You really do have to go to the industry and find where is that place that that you intersect with them. And, um, and I think too, doing it from a, a servant mindset, how can I serve others with what I do? That, that's, that's people that you're connected to, but that's the, the machine of, of business too. Is, is, yeah. Boy, you know, back to your circles of, of concern, how, how do I serve all of those, all, all of those areas? Yes. So yeah. I think that's a significant mindset approach to it. Yeah. Yeah. In a very Jesus-y way, right? To serve. Uh, yeah. Boy, um, boy, Mark Maxwell has got a great book out now called, called Networking 
skills. It really says networking skills, but the S on skills is slashed okay. through. And it's and it's about it's the difference of um, well, I, I want to represent it, it well, but it's it's that approaching from a servant mentality yeah. versus that you know my fear like i said back at ascap was hey i'm tony and here's why you need to meet me and it just was Ew. car you know, salesman it's just gross oh it's it's just awful um but but how can i serve what's already going and yeah. maybe make it better or bring something to the party through that yeah, yeah which seems like it takes some confidence of who you are right of knowing like you did you knew you were a lyricist and you were good at lyrics knowing yeah here's but but also it's in an arena where we're always playing trying on different roles getting to experiment a lot yeah and um and so that keeps it that keeps it really interesting but yeah to know who you are now there are skills you can develop in and grow along the way but i said but i think it's knowing if you can be one thing i remember i remember years ago somebody telling a story about a guy who, who who came to town and like what do you want to do well i, I want to write some and i, I want to produce some and i mean i'd love to play on the road with somebody and gosh i'd love to do some studio work along the way and it's like you know time is so limited it's so yeah. precious you can you can you can't do you can't run in all directions at the same time. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think in my story in light of, of that was, well, it was decision was made for me. I had mm. one thin little arrow of possibility. Either mm. this arrow is going to find a target or it's not going to happen. And, um, you know, and so for others who, who can go in different directions, it, all of that, each of those, you, you invest time in this arrow, but it's at the expense of another arrow that you can't, yeah, you can't be getting better at all along the way. Yeah, that's so good, Tony. What would you say to someone who's who's um, wanting to pursue a publishing deal, a writer, a, you know, worship leaders, writers, etc., out there that want to pursue that? What's a publisher yeah. looking for? Yeah, um, I think somebody who can serve people in a variety of settings, mm. different, different kinds of writing. Um, and yet, yet kind of has this thing that's them so that, mm. you know, a, a publishing staff is boy. Okay. I'll, I'll pull the arrows analogy again. It's like the publisher goes, okay, I need, I need a couple of my writers who can go down this lane and I need a couple that can go down this lane and this lane. So they've always got some options as assignments come along. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's, and that's, that's always evolving. What a staff looks like, who's, who's new, who's been there a while, who's moving somewhere else, who's transitioning, maybe not spending quite as much time, time writing Christian music right now because they're giving 20 hours a week to film and TV or something like mm. that. So it's an, 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 until you're in it, it's just hard to, you know, standing on the outside, you don't really know what, it, what anybody's roster is like in the time at the moment. Cause it's all, that's just always in, in evolution, but they're really trying to fill some slots. I think that they have based on the opportunities that they have access to. Yeah what makes a great uh, co-writer you've seen a lot of co-writers over the years what are the pe what are the what are the um 
qualities and co-writers that you love to see or that you yeah. see are like, oh, that's just a great co-writer. Yeah. Well, I think lover of people is mm-hmm. that, boy, if you can't, if you can't generate a little human warmth and caring, and uh, even though you don't know me, make, make, let me, let me at least feel like you're, you're trying to fake it a little. <laughs> yeah. And, and yet I have such grace for that because it's a, it's a community of introverts and odd ducks and and yeah. yet I, I love them but you know they're just there's there's some that's just, <laughs> i want to know you want to be there and that and 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 i think that i think it's creating a safe environment because there's that there's this thing of of you've got to be free to say i know this isn't right but and still say this thing because so often in the in the bouncing back and forth of the ideas it's not the right thing but it leads you to the it leads somebody else to the right thing oh, and yeah. you and, and you've got to you've got to create a space where well you know it's funny it's like that that publishing relationship i said a while ago where we're writing a song is dreaming together and you've got yeah. to you've got to feel comfortable enough to dream with somebody even if uh, it's not right but but it may lead to the right thing so you've got to communicate that i am that safe to be around there are yeah. no wrong answers yeah you know? and then with your best of buddies that that you know then when they can say something you go wow man that sucks wow that's stupid <laughs> then then you're having some fun if you're yeah. if if the room is that safe that yeah. they're that they're slashing you on, in the course of a day and that's yeah. just fine and and yet know how much mutual admiration is there oh yeah. so so confident in in the respect and 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 love yeah yeah yeah. It seems, yeah, it seems to me finding one of the things I've been learning is, is like, how do I, um, especially with someone I'm meeting for the first time and goodness, especially if it's on zoom, <laughs> right? Yeah. To yeah. try and communicate. Oh gosh, that's doesn't seem like a great idea for this tune, Yeah. but yeah. in a way that's gracious and also encouraging. Yeah. Like, you know, wow, you're saying that's, and that's, to be willing to go down that road. To to, mm. to to kind of say uh, you know hey I'm gonna I'm gonna devote five minutes to going down this yeah. road with them so that and I think that they'll, I think as we push a couple lines into it they'll see that it's not the right we're gonna come back here but but being willing to go there and not being you know not argumentative no we're not going there that's not right and here's why it's like yeah, I don't want yeah. to I don't want to be that guy because you know what that does to the room too so yeah yeah so you're the guy that's sitting in the back seat you know the driver's going the wrong direction. And you just let them drive. <laughs> no, no. Here, here it is. Is I, all right. Gosh, that goes. That goes to, to to today. It's like I. There was a moment in the in the, in the song today where we had a verse and a chorus. We're we're three three and a half hours into that, and and somebody floated the idea that hey maybe maybe we need a short pre-chorus going into it. Yeah. I didn't think that we did. But mm-hmm. I wasn't, but I wasn't hardline. They, they, what do you think? I was like, others guys were like, I think maybe so. I was like, I, I don't think so. Cause I think we get in real quick, but I, but I was open-handed enough to, well, let's, let's see, you know, let's, let's give 10 minutes to building the pre-chorus and you know what? Songs got a pre-chorus yeah. on it now. I, I, I never protested. And I, and I did come to really believe with what we, with what we had and where we got that it, Okay. Yeah. yeah. That, that really does musically give us something that we, that we were lacking about. Yeah. That. Cause so I hope, I hope I'm, I'm, I'm never hardline about stuff. It sounds like you're saying humility is a pretty massive part of co-writing. 
I think so. And, and, and to, to do it for, yeah, in, in a variety of settings and variety of people. And yeah, you, like I, yeah, I, I use the term safe. You just got to feel like mm. I, I want you to, I want you to bring the best of you to the room. Yeah. And if, and if you think I've got a hair trigger and I'm going to start shooting stuff down, you're not going to bring, bring the best of you. So oh, yeah. I've got to, I got to create an environment that welcomes that. That's so good, Tony. I find I feel like um, for me as a, as an artist or writer, and and I, I seems to be across the board for everyone. A lot of times, the best ideas sort of live in the kookiest places, you know. And as, <laughs> like I'm afraid to go here, and yet it's part of kind of like an influence of mine or a whatever this thought, this this thing the Lord spoke yeah. to me a couple days ago, whatever. Yeah. And it's that vulnerable sort of kooky space that if yeah. I go there then I'm all of a sudden being very vulnerable of like, this is a yeah. part of me. Yeah. And I don't want that to feel shot down. And and it's funny. And that's, boy, that's the big boy question it, it, moment in there to go, no, it's not shooting you down. Yeah. It's just saying perhaps not that idea today, perhaps yeah. not that line for this. It's not a judgment on you. And it's, oh, but it is, does that serve this song on this day? Yeah. Boy, I've, I've walked away with throwing lines out for songs that, that didn't, you know, somebody else goes, ah, I don't know. I don't think that that's it. And I'll go, Hey, great. And I'll, I jotted that line down in the marginal pad that I had right there. And I wrote a different song with that on, yeah. on a whole other day. That's, that's the beautiful thing about what we do. It's like, okay pick up your pieces and and your your unused parts at the end of the day because it may be maybe right for something else if it's still moving in you yeah there's no wasted line really yeah. ever it can always go somewhere it may yeah yeah all right finally tony i'm gonna ask you one more question is um you said when you first met is michael Perrier, is that his name uh-huh yeah that he was the first person to prof- professionally believe in you yeah what do you say to the people? Because I, I even heard this. We we just, at the time of rec- we're recording right now, I've just launched the podcast and I've had so many people reach out. And one of the themes in that is people feeling lonely in their mm-hmm. ministry or in their writing artistry. And and like um, they, they don't have that champion person in their mm-hmm. corner. What do you say to those people? Yeah. Well, I mean, boy, a number of things. As you continue to search for that, I do think in any other year the best way to start searching for those is um going to conferences and clinics where you Mm. know you can get some one-on-one face time with another songwriter uh, or or ones where publishers go to where you can get some direct feedback because that's about the only way you're going to get that these days that and that's where that's where they give their time and, and energy too. It's like once they get back, they've got a full staff of, of 15 writers and 18 artists. When they get back to the office, they're not scouring out there to see what's available. Yeah. But, but I do know a good number of publishers do a number of conferences and clinics and, and they are in a different mindset when they are there, they are open, they are approachable, they are listening and the good stuff they will take back with them. I know writers who've gotten signed and gotten songs and, and songs that have done well that way. 
Um, so you have to go where where they are. And I think I think it's on. I think part of it is on the new writer to learn the industry. If you want an industry to welcome you, you need to know the industry and the mm. people and who are the people behind making the records that you love who are the ones writing the songs and and then is okay is there a way to make that connection yeah, yeah. i think also too it's like you you keep writing i mean who who is this year been a great year for like nobody <laughs> i mean yeah i i mean artists are suffering Mm -hmm. at, at at high levels yeah um golly i, I look at i look at kane's song rise up that just what, what a what a lesson in that they released their first single a couple of weeks before quarantine mm -hmm. hit set to be the opening on zach williams spring tour okay that's that's a pretty plum slot for a, for a new artist yeah. and and then the world shuts down and you know it loses everything and then okay well into quarantine well we're gonna still listen to radio so they have to have to program some new things and it just was a slow move or slow move and yet week before christmas that you know they had a, they had a number one song it's like boy that was that was nobody's marketing plan there. yeah but, boy. It, but it's just it's just reality for everybody there. but reality is writers are gonna write yeah. Whether whether there's a listening world out there, part of it is you write to get get it out of you. Um, gosh, I think sometimes about the difference between, you know, writing writing for others or writing for yourself. I, I, I want to write for the good of other people. What is what is that thing that I can put on paper? that can connect and be a lifeline and be life-giving to somebody in my church i still yeah. i still want to have opportunities write songs for my local church to do because i because i know what they can they can do and that i care about those people so what you know okay if you're not if you're not being able in this season to look up and write at a little bit of a reaching level at least look on the plane where you are yeah. gosh can you write a song as a gift to somebody something that they're that they could need to give them some hope and some encouragement yeah, yeah. and in a year like this what a gift it would be <laughs> oh my gosh right yeah mm. well i always end um every episode this way and i wonder would you pray over people who have been listening yeah there's yeah. undoubtedly people are listening and um <clears throat> just resonating with pieces of what you've said and mm. i wonder if you would just pray over those folks yeah, yeah, glad to, Nick. Jesus, this is a great thing that that we get to do in being creative, being made in your image, um, taking words and melody and trying to capture truths that 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 represent who you are adequately to a church and a world that needs you so desperately. Um it, it is a it is a living thing within us to create whether or not anybody else ever sees it but it is it is joy and it is good um, God I, I know that there are people who will listen to this podcast who are doing that but they're doing it in isolation which leads to discouragement uh, I pray that you would fan the flame within them God I, I, I pray 
out of my own story, knowing what I needed so desperately was community. Will you give people who are creating an isolation some community? God, just that's the beauty of so many of the conferences and clinics that are available for them to go to these days, to find others that they can connect with and perhaps even go home, continue to write through Zoom, Skype, whatever it is, but to have that person who is passionate about the things that they are passionate about. Would you bring some of those connections? Um, God, would you, I, I pray among the creatives listening that you would put within them a hunger to be grounded so deeply in your word, to be more passionate about your timeless, unchanging truth than about <clears throat> what's pop and what's current mm -hmm. um, to to tell deep truths um, that can satisfy that can tell tell about you and satisfy searching souls god keep us reaching for more of you please and and wrestling with our own language and our, and our own limitations um, but to write stuff that really matters, God, that can be a lifeline for someone to hold on to, that bridge that says somebody understands me in the place where I am. I guess I'm not as alone as I really feel. We have all had those songs that were those lifelines that, that are that we hold to still, God. What a privilege it is for us as creatives to get to build those lifelines and offer them to other people. Would you be honored and bless them and use them for your glory, Jesus, we pray in your name. Amen. Amen. So I don't know what nuggets you grabbed from today's episode, but here's a few things that really stuck out for me. When you're trying to discern your calling in life, pay attention to that thing that gets you up in the morning, the thing that you can't not do in life. Don't be afraid to be real about your weaknesses. Don't try to be something that you're not. And look for your people. Who are the people who are pursuing the same passions and callings, maybe even the people who are better at that thing than you are? And how can you spend time around them? How can you surround yourself with those people? You can follow Tony through his website at TonyWoodOnline.com or follow him on Instagram. His songwriter jokes are on point. They're hilarious and they're worth, worth the follow alone. Both those links are in the show notes. The theme music for The Secret Chord is shamelessly supplied by my band Mountaintops. Again, you can hear those songs, songs that Tony's written, and music from all the guests on The Secret Chord on the Secret Chord Season 1 playlist on Spotify. Link in the show notes. If you're enjoying this show, The Secret Chord, keep in touch. You can follow on Instagram at The Secret Chord Podcast. You can subscribe on Apple. You can follow us on Spotify. Let's get connected, friends. There's a whole community of us in the world, people asking these deeper questions about faith and music and business. And a lot of those people don't live in Nashville. So the internet is a beautiful way to get connected and stay connected. So stay in touch. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.